for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. It's 12 o'clock on Monday, and that means only one thing. That means it's time for the Good News Show. We're glad you're tuned in. And, uh, boy, we have had an exciting day so far here at the studio, and it's only going to get more exciting. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, part of the excitement is that we are expecting in the second half of the show today to have an in-studio visit uh, from Trent Horn. Yes, so uh, exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. You know, you probably know who he is, uh, Catholic Answers apologist. And uh, he moved to Texas recently, I think back in January or February, just in time yeah. for our ice storm, I yeah. think, our snowstorm. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think the right way, that's one of the things I'll ask him about when he gets here is, um, I think he came right before Snowmageddon. I feel badly that that's his impression of Texas. I know. Like, mm-hmm. I know, especially being from California, because they never, they never get that kind of stuff in California. Well, we don't often get it here either. Yeah. It's just not a good first impression, Texas. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing like broken pipes and, you know. <laughs> just wait till he gets to the hot summer months, too. Yeah, but I, but he did tell me that he was uh, relatively unscathed That's by good. all that. So, uh, yeah, we are, we had the same experience. All right. So he's coming in about 1230. We're looking forward to that. He'll be in studio and uh, got a lot of questions for him. I'm sure you do as well, Sissel. And then, you know, we had the, the first 30 minutes uh, where we sometimes talk about events and things going on. And, and it's so cool. Uh, this morning I'm driving in and I was thinking like, gosh, you know, I don't know that I have 30 minutes of things to talk about. Because, uh, you know, we could talk about the Summer Speaker Series event and uh, the bishop, the bishop, archbishop uh, visit this morning, which I'll tell you about. But at that very moment, I get an email from our dear friend. It was like, a complete answer to prayer, Rowena Ignacio starts off saying, I'm sorry for the late notice, <laughs> but we got this thing starting up at Prince of Peace Parish in Plano tomorrow, and can you guys promote it? And maybe, and she even said in her email, maybe somebody can come on the show today. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and Don't so, worry, Rowena, we're also last minute. <laughs> I know. And so she is not only going to be on the show, she is here in studio with us. And so and there's a connection between Rowena and her husband Stanley and Trent Horn and Catholic Answers. And so, you know, God is so good. It all fits together. In fact, I told Rowena a moment ago, I said, you're an answer to prayer. And then I got distracted and I, she never knew why it was. But uh, it just... God puts it all together. I mean, uh, so anyways, that, that's, that's the show today. Uh, Trent Horn, uh, Rowena talking about this program, focusing on St. Joseph. We started the St. Joseph consecration last night at our home, and Rowena didn't know that. And so here we're going to be talking about St. Joseph in this program at Prince of Peace Parish in Plano. And uh, all right, so that's the program. Before that, uh, Cecil and I have a few things to tell you about. So how are you doing, Cecil? I'm doing pretty well, Dave. You know, it, every time it rains in Texas, I just need to remember to account a lot more time in yeah. my morning drive because I think we forget how to drive in rain. I'm not saying you need to be going 80 miles an hour on the highways, but maybe not 25. <laughs> Especially, yeah, anyhow. So that was that was my morning of leaving early, but arriving late, which yeah. is always frustrating. <laughs> and I mentioned the Archbishop. Uh, Archbishop yes. Warda is uh, um, from 
let's see. His diocese, his archdiocese is Erbil, Iraq. And if you remember a few months ago, uh, maybe it was longer than that, but I think it was this year, uh, Pope Francis went to Iraq. It was mm-hmm. a big deal, big yes. international news. Well, the archbishop who welcomed their, him there was Archbishop Bashar Mati Warda. And yesterday, he gave the commencement address uh, at University of Dallas. And, of course, Dr. Sanford, the president of University of Dallas, uh, does a segment on our program once a month. So they asked if he could come in early with the archbishop today and record the segment for next week. And, of course, we're like, yeah. Yes. that's uh, So this has been such an exciting day. It has. And, you know, I think God planned it out the way that I would arrive late yeah. because I arrived right in time to help them find the studio. I walked in with them. Yeah. Um, so I could be like, here, come this way. <laughs> we planned this, yeah. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to escort them in. Yes. And, yeah, because they were going to get it here at 930 this morning. And at 915, it, Diane and I are the only ones in the studio. <laughs> and I was like, where is everybody? Where is Sissel? And so... Little did I know that that's what you were dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice. And I must say, uh, you know, because Diane asked me, she said, I gosh, I wonder if he's going to be intimidating. Because, you know, you never know. People have different personalities. But he really was a very warm, mm. friendly, engaging. I mean, he, he and I just hit it off right off the bat. I had so many questions about Iraq. I mean, what, a, what an interesting country, uh, a tumultuous, kind of volatile part of the world there in the Middle East. And uh, so, anyways, that segment with Dr. Sanford and Archbishop Wardo will air t- next Monday in the regular UD segment, uh, which is always on the fourth Monday of uh, the month. All right, so let's see. Before Rowena comes on, uh, let's talk about Summer Speaker Series. Yes. Uh, tickets are selling well. They really are. I'm very excited. Every time my email goes off with a ticket sale, I get all excited. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And it's fun to see where people are coming from. Yeah. We have all the cities in the DFW area. We have people coming from San Antonio, Austin over the weekend. I think we got one um, from New Jersey even. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of exciting. Um, so I think the excitement is building. And I'm just like, when is August going to get here? I mean, yeah. Uh, Hopefully not too soon because we do still, do still have a lot of planning to do. Yeah, but like <laughs> it, it's uh, about what two and a half months away. Yes. thereabouts, not quite. Uh, we got a big committee meeting tomorrow. It's going to be at the Irving Convention Center in the Grand Ballroom, and our speaker is Father John Ricardo. Mm. And I don't think, and uh, somebody listening, if, if you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that he has spoken publicly, like at a public event in. North Texas in for a, a while, while. I, like for a long time ever I, I mean or ever, yeah. I, I don't know I we I asked his assistant and I got kind of a short a quick response and it didn't fully give me the answer uh, he did say that he had been here in Dallas recently he spoke to Legatus about a year ago uh, but when he was a parish priest in Plymouth Michigan it was just his policy that he just didn't travel you know he stayed with his flock and he didn't travel a lot I think otherwise he'd be traveling all the time and now he works for the Archdiocese with Acts 29. That's his apostolate. And uh, also, you know, I, our, in our bulletin yesterday at church was the announcement about it. And so oh. you, you sent that out. I, in fact, I took, I took a picture of it. Awesome. Uh, so I know Our Lady of Lebanon is promoting it. Mm-hmm. And so just tell everybody, get to summerspeakerseries.com and get your tickets. They're $75 each. Uh, and there's going to be... Some kind of food, some kind of hors d'oeuvres. Uh, we're thinking probably warm hors d'oeuvres. We don't have that worked out yet. 
uh, a talk by Father Ricardo and a beautiful, beautiful venue. And so it's going to be a great mm-hmm. event, Thursday, August 5th. And although I feel like most people listening know who Father John Ricardo is, if you aren't really familiar with him, don't worry. You just keep <laughs> hanging on, listening to those right... KTH 9, 10 a.m. And at 1 p.m. after the yeah. show ends, you're going to hear one of his programs mm-hmm. and you'll get to really know him. And I'm sure our ticket sales are just going to spike right then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you get to hear one of his talks. We played, um, let's see, two last week, uh, I think once or twice. No, and I think just once, on, just on yeah. Thursday last week. And then we're doing it today and we'll do it a couple of times a week, just kind of at, you know, various times during the day. Uh, the best way I can describe Father Ricardo is he's, He's a brilliant communicator. He's very conversational. He doesn't preach at you. He talks almost like he's talking with you. Uh, very insightful uh, and just uh, very, very popular. His program, Christ is the Answer, uh, has used to air every day at 9 o'clock. And uh, in, in my whole time of working in Catholic radio, I'd say there's been two programs that have received the most attention as far as people saying, who was that? Can I get that show? There's the old, old Father uh, Karapi mm. back in the day, okay? <laughs> I remember Father Karapi. I mean, he was very popular. Uh, and then Father Ricardo. Those are the two that I would say, you know, people like, you know, Catholic Answers Live, and they, they love that program. But as far as like, can I get a copy of that? Can I get that? Who is that, you know, that talk? Can I get that talk? I mean, Father Ricardo, when we were playing him every day, I used to get those emails all the time. Uh, so Sissel's right. Uh, just hang on for uh, until one o'clock. Kind of just deal with our show for another 51 <laughs> minutes and, uh, struggle uh, Father, through it with, yeah. you know, with Trent Rowena Horn and, and Trent Rowena. Horn. I mean, yeah. It's going to be hard. Uh, so all right. Uh, anything else, uh, not to put you on the spot? Any other events that we need to know about? Um, well, just a reminder that the ordination is a Saturday. I, I don't know if I've ever gotten an update about, um, if you can go attend in person, but this is for the Fort Worth Diocese. Um, but if you go to FWDIO, See, you can definitely live stream it. It's six. I want to. I feel like I got that wrong several times last week, but I believe it is six gentlemen who are going to be ordained priests. So it's really exciting. It's a pretty big mm-hmm. class of yeah. priests. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure one of them is actually going to have this first say his first mass at my parish. So I'm really All excited right. about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. First mass must be. Oh, uh, must yeah. be so amazing. Yeah, I, I don't know what to compare it with. Uh, but you know, a little nervous, and make sure mm. you got all the the words right, <laughs> and you know, don't lose your page. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's uh, it, it's interesting. So, congratulations to them. The Dallas Diocese. Do we know about their ordination? Let me or find um, out. maybe maybe uh, not to put you on the spot, but I because I, we find know that me time, Fort Worth. Dave, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, and just uh, a reminder again: this is a good news show. Uh, if you want to call in and talk to Rowena or talk to Trent Horn later in the show. Uh, our number here is 877 uh, Let us know. You can tell us about Father Ricardo, maybe something you heard him say. Uh, you know, I, I tell this story all the time. In fact, I was, I was recently asked, you know, if there was one story that you could tell about your time, you know, with Guadalupe Radio Network and the impact Catholic Radio has had, it was a story about Father uh, Ricardo because it was. Uh, I was over at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Carrollton, and I'd given a talk, and a lady afterwards was hanging around afterwards, and she clearly wanted to talk to me about something. And a middle-aged lady, probably you know, 45, 50 years old, and she came up and said um, she was had recently moved here, and she found our station, and she was just bawling when she was talking to me, and she had just tears streaming down her her cheeks, and. Uh, she said that something she heard on the radio for, convinced her for the first time in her life that God loved her. 
And my first thought was how sad that it took her this long to realize that. But, of course, a lot of people don't realize that. And so, of course, I said, well, what did you hear? And it was a Father uh, Father Ricardo talk that she had heard, uh, one of his his, his, uh, presentations. So... Um, he's he's awesome. So, did you find that or? Uh, I did not. Okay. I'm finding some conflicting information, so I don't want to give the wrong one. So yeah, we will. Right. Uh, I'm sure, though, that they'll make an announcement about that soon and just pray for all of our seminarians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's really exciting. And, you know, as things are loosening up as far as COVID, I think there's more events, more in-person things. Of course, we'll be talking about uh, one such event here with Rowena in just a moment. But uh, a lot going on. And, yes. Um, and so, uh, anyways, uh, just just keep listening and you'll hear all the announcements about things going on and on on our facebook page we used to give an update on facebook like every time do do we want to try to get a goal of maybe 10 people signing up that would be great so we have our grn facebook page that's our whole for our whole network that has a lot of important announcements but we also for more local things we have a facebook group called grn dfw so you can go to facebook.com and if you type into your facebook search bar GRN colon DFW. Um, our group will pop up and you can ask to join and I'll accept you. And um, it's just a place where we'll post updates about programming and other, you know, we might have some random things. We've done giveaways and various things. And um, it's a place where you can also share local Catholic events that are happening. So we can just build a nice little Catholic culture. So GRN DFW on Facebook and we currently have 431 members. 431. So it wasn't a while back that we were trying to get to like 200 and then yeah, we tried to get to yes. 300. So, so um, I mean, if we got to 440 today, that'd be nice. Yeah. So if you want to join our little community over there, uh, I'd be really happy to see it pop and up. how do they do it? Go to Facebook.com and type into your search bar, um, GRNDFW, and our group will come up and you just press uh, join group. And I will add you into the group. You have to answer a couple questions about what parish you go to and how you heard about Catholic Radio. Um, just make sure that you're not trying to, like, spam us or something. <laughs> <laughs> not that I think any of our and listeners would do that. Very good chance you'll get accepted, right? Very good you have chance. to let them in. I, I spend a lot of time thinking about it, you know, <laughs> before yeah. I hit accept. No. Right, you'll be right. accepted very quickly. All right. As long as you're not a spammer. Hey, how about one person? Oh, uh, somebody uh, just signed up? Yes. Oh, wow. Look awesome. at that. The, the immediate impact of uh, broadcasting. So, all right, we're at 432 now. Let's get eight more people. We can do this. Uh, <laughs> go to, go to like GRN DFW. All right, 800-47. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's uh, skip our break and go straight to our friend Rowena. Uh, yeah, you'll be on that microphone. And uh, again, thanks for um, emailing. You probably thought there's no way with one day notice that uh, he's going to have me on the show, but God, God had other plans. So uh, welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. And yes, I woke up this morning not thinking that I would be here yeah. on a Monday, on a rainy <laughs> Monday afternoon. I didn't even give you one day notice. I don't. You gave I, me like a few an hours hour notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But no, so it was. Is, it's a blessing to be here today. All right. So uh, the email that you forwarded said, "Do you want to supercharge your faith life? Learn how to engage the cultural challenges of our times and take the next step in becoming the person God created you to be." Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, we invite you to journey with Joseph. Okay, this is at Principis Plano, and I'm trying to think of uh, what is your involvement with Principis Plano, because you don't live in Plano, but I think your your parents do. Is that yes. is that the connection? Shout out to the Sapuntos. Yeah. Um, 
Cecilia and Alan, who may be listening from Plano right now, their parishioners actually at St. Elizabeth and okay. Seton in Plano. Yeah. I'm a parishioner at St. Anne Parish in Capel. But the tie-in actually is, um, I guess I would say like the leadership committee of this, what we call a 33-day consecration to St. Joseph, Journey with St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Lots of moving parts in this initiative. It's really beautiful. It was something that was kind of just sprung on to my attention, and um, I quickly became involved because, um, I, again, I do know a few of the leadership uh, committee members, um, all young Catholic adults that are doing amazing things mm-hmm. in their faith, and they've decided to put together this collaborative effort between other young adults from various Catholic movements and parishes throughout the diocese. But Prince of Peace is actually the parish that is hosting this initiative. And, so this yeah. is for young people in particular, is I that mean, right? I or wouldn't any, say it's in, like it's only yeah. for young people. I yeah. think it definitely engages um, the young, the, the, the young adult, uh, demographic of our, you know, our, our Catholic, Catholic following these days. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, yeah, I mean, it was, it's basically, so not to self promote here, but, um, the, one of the leaders, I'm going to shout her out, Lily Sokolowski. She's one of the leaders that I guess is pushing this initiative out. She asked if I wanted to be among other young adults who wanted to help people take a little deeper of a dive in their 33-day consecration to St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you maybe want to backtrack and explain what exactly a 33-day consecration to yeah, St. Joseph is. Yeah, and this is the other God thing, because okay. uh, my wife... Have you done it, Cecil? I'm in the middle of it right now. Oh, are oh, you? Yeah, oh, okay. wow. well, I'm doing it with the Young Catholic Professionals group, because we did it I was starting once the conference was over a couple oh, weeks ago. You know, the, awesome. the, the book came out before Pope Francis announced the year of St. Joseph. So it had already been out. My, my wife immediately bought it. Wow. And... Uh, we got it, and it sat on her bedside table, and mm-hmm. we kept saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when the Pope uh, declared the year of St. Joseph, oh, now we really got to do it. <laughs> and then, of course, that was back in the fall, right? That was like yeah. half a year oh, ago. Wow. And then every month, oh, we're going to do it. And then, of course, our spring Sherathon was focused on St. Joseph. Oh, we, now we're going to do it. But interesting, for no particular reason, yesterday I told I, I spoke with Paul, and I said, let's start it today. Wow. I had no idea we would be talking about this on the air today. And so last night we sat down with the family and we said, okay, oh, we're cool. going to do it. So, all right. So, Did you enjoy it? Uh, yeah, we just read the introduction. Right. right. Uh, okay. and, and the introduction gives a lot of uh, background information about, you know, he said uh, the last 150 years, more has been done in the church to increase the devotion to St. Joseph yes. than in the previous 1800 years. So yes. anyways, wow. you, you've done a lot more than I have. What, what, what have been your takeaways so far? I've really enjoyed it because, um, well, first off, I tend to be really bad about sticking to any sort of like, you know, daily prayer, uh, not daily, daily reading, let's say, if there's a, something. So I've been really impressed. I think St. Joseph is helping me a lot, stay well on schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like it because the daily readings are generally really short, but then we have another reading that goes into a little bit, some historical aspect or goes into one of the names of St. Joseph that he has from like the litany of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've really just learned a lot about where, what the church is teaching on St. Joseph is the history and just hearing, even though in the last 150 years, there's been way more uh, popes and saints have talked about St. Joseph. There actually were quite a few in the past. You really early yeah. saints. Yeah. Um, the quotes that he includes, Father Calloway includes in the book from from all these saints and you go wow this saint talked about saint joseph too and it's really cool and i love ending it 
always with the litany of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I, you'd think awesome. I'd have it memorized by now. Not quite. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> and now, will this program, t- tell us now that we've done the background, yeah, talking about the consecration. It's somewhat for young people, but anybody can be involved. It's at Prince sure. of Peace Parish in Plano. Yes. Uh, will Lots they be go- going through the consecration? Is that is that the plan? Or what are, what are the nuts yes. and bolts of it? Yes. Okay, so officially, this 33-day consecration following Father Donald Calloway's book, um, it begins tomorrow, as soon as tomorrow, May 18th, <laughs> and goes all the way yeah. through June 19th. Yeah, we like yeah. to get in, come Holy Spirit, we like to get in right at the last minute. But again, it, begin, it begins tomorrow. And basically, as Cecil was saying, the consecration does follow the litany of St. Joseph. And again, Father, John, uh, Father, Father Calloway's book, you don't have to have the book to actually participate. Okay. Um, but it does help. What's nice about this is the, the 33 day consecration is supplemented by daily videos, like two minute or less video reflections from people. And this is where I said it was like a, a collaborative effort between young adults, um, from various Catholic movements here in the diocese and different parishes. But again, um, Prince of Peace is really the, the, I guess the organizer, the mm-hmm. host. Yeah. Um, but these videos will be coming out over, um, Flock notes, you know, yeah. the email distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the consecration itself is is themed out, and it focuses on how we can assist, how Saint Joseph can assist all of us in overcoming the challenges of modern culture, such as you know all the threats to our faith life, our family life, practicing virtue, and and those of us who are just trying to fulfill our mission. Um, the the series of videos that will come out daily through the flock notes distribution will again just help people who want to participate in this just take a deeper dive into this consecration. You know, again, mm-hmm. you don't have to have the book, and it's great because Prince of Peace is actually going to create a YouTube channel yeah. where you can pray along to daily with these two minutes or less um, video reflections. Again, uh, provided by people, uh, including yours truly. Have you done yours already? I've done. I oh, submitted okay. mine. I actually, yeah, am I allowed to kind of tease it? I no, um, absolutely I, not. <laughs> the, the topic that uh, I was assigned or that I um, asked the Holy Spirit and discerned was um, St. Joseph, spouse of the mother of God. Uh-huh. So I, I spoke about just about two minutes on that. And d- so many different topics, again, following the the, the litany of St. Joseph and the 33-day consecration to St. Joseph. But it's, it's, it's a great collaboration of of just lay people like me. And I, I, I'm not quite sure if there's other religious who are involved in the actual video reflections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, in addition to that and what you can get over YouTube, there's a lot of moving parts. And, and I'm really here to promote the event that's actually going to happen at Prince of Peace on June 19th, yeah, which right. is um, Father's Day weekend. So everything else is going to be in your inbox, but yes. the in-person event, and there's, I guess, somewhat of a presumption that you've been doing this, uh, at least, you know, of course, people Trying that, your best to be yeah, following hear about this a week from now obviously they're gonna have to pick up where they are but then then, then the big celebration is on june 19th right and i'm glad that you said that because you do need to register online and um (laughs) i can't i can't find the where where exactly to register online i mean if you go that's not very helpful (laughs) (laughs) why am i here popplano.org correct if you just go to the parish website pop um pop what is it it's a Pop Plano. Yeah. Pop Plano. I was going to say they have their own little like lingo. I was yeah. going to say Prince of Peace, but that, that's like a mouthful. Pop Plano, um, their their website, there should be a link to actually receive the flock note email distribution. Yeah, okay. But um, again, I got yes. it. I found it. Perfect. Good <laughs> job. T- Way to save the day. Popplano.org forward slash St. Joseph. It's under the grow tab in Year of St. Joseph. You click okay. on that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah it took so, so all the five seconds. It didn't to take find me that long. That so, is yeah. perfect. Uh, all Thank right. you so much. But yes, I mean, this is all to ramp up. 
towards the end of the consecration, which is on June 19th. Yeah. And they're going to have How are, have who are they there. finding to do the videos? I think you mentioned to me privately uh, a couple people that you thought were doing it also. Yes, yes. Um, they, they, right. So I mentioned that there's, you know, different um, Catholic movements in the area that have like yeah. leaders or, or lay members. Um, I'm, I recently associated with Regnum Christi. So okay. I'll be there with uh, a few other members. Um, I know Catholic listeners may know Horacio Gomez. Shout out. I think he's one of the contributors in the video reflections. Um, a, a well-known name that those who listen to Catholic radio, uh, who tune in daily might know Jeff Scheffelbein. I believe he mm-hmm. offers a video as well. I'm not sure what his topic was, but yeah. um, stay tuned. I mean, his I'm sure his reflection. You can pick your own topic, and yeah, you just hope that nobody you know double dips or duplicates. Right. But then, right. you know, that's the way the Holy Spirit works. Is what the Holy Spirit inspires you to talk about will be different than what Jeff and anybody else uh, wants to talk about. Absolutely. But it's, it's funny you mentioned with your topic because uh, I've often thought that uh, you know sometimes as men we marry somebody who's actually holier than us. We might have children who are holier than us. Uh, uh, but St. Joseph, wow, he had to lead the Holy Family. His, mm-hmm. his, his, his son and his mom were perfect. Right. Uh, sinless. Right. His son was God. I mean, <laughs> talk about the pressure. Yeah. Right? And it also didn't help when I was trying to dig into this and, and find, you know, what, what am I going to contribute? Yeah. I mean, there's not much written in the Bible about him. Right. Right. So tell us a little bit so, about. Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, so what, so yeah. I don't want to give away too much about give my like video fifteen reflection. seconds of it away. <laughs> fifteen of the uh, two yeah, minutes. Then the the one forty five will be a mystery. Well, but, really, uh, any just, little nuggets. You know how Saint Joseph, spouse of the Mother of God, really he um it was through his humble obedience to God's will, um and you know he could have he could have uh, denounced and divorced Mary, yeah. but did not want to put her to shame when yeah. he found out that she would, you know, by by the Holy Spirit would conceive Jesus, who would save yeah. us from our sins even though he privately discerned getting out of that relationship because that wasn't his child yeah. um, to be just humbly humble and obedient to God's will. He said, yes, and I will take care of her and I will provide for her and I will be this amazing husband and father. And just like his yes yeah. to the Lord th- in my reflection, I talk about how that correlates to the formation of Jesus and how he dealt with women, specifically mm-hmm. yeah. um, the woman who was caught in adultery. I go, I go, I go quite deep. Yeah. But I, I can't say that this was my original reflection. It was taken from a homily message on the feast day of Saint Joseph from a legionary of Christ priest. Shout out, Father Owen. Father Owen gave an amazing reflection on how Saint Joseph spouse of the mother of God formed Jesus and how mm. he treated women and did not put women to shame. Yeah. I basically just gave well, away my whole video. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Need... There's going to be 32 other yeah. videos they won't but, but know they, about. They, right? But they didn't get to see you do it. And right. so, you know, it's a video right? and you can see Rowena's and Jeff's <laughs> as well. And uh, that's cool. So, yeah, go to popplano.org slash St. Joseph. Uh, you can find it on the popplano.org website. And uh, this is a 33-day consecration, watching videos, and uh, the presumption but not the requirement is that you'll be doing it. And how interesting that I just started this. And so I'm going to do this. I mean, I I might as well. I'm doing it anyways. I'm I'm starting today. This is fantastic, Dave. So yeah, be sure to sign up for that flock note in your email inbox. But I do want to promote that the consecration does in fact conclude with a celebration there at Prince of Peace Parish in Plano on June 19th. Again, that's Father's Day weekend. Yeah. To, of course, celebrate our spiritual father. And it's on June 19th. It'll be held from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And there's a bunch of stuff happening. Can I 
Go oh, yeah. Through all that? Oh, yeah. Would that be okay? Sure, sure. Okay, we so got on, about uh, two minutes. Okay. So on June 19th, they will offer a, uh, the parish will offer a St. Joseph votive mass, followed by communal prayer of the consecration. And also offered would be plenary indulgences for the votive mass and for prayers in this year of St. Joseph. Um, in addition, adoration with musical performances from local mus- musicians um, who will be performing a song of St. Joseph or a song that celebrates St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And it's all just, it all kind of just, of course, like, like it, I don't know, seals the deal, if you will. <laughs> right, <laughs> this right. Is the, 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 this is the fruit of something you, you want, you're, you're riding a high, you've been doing this for 33 days, and right. uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, the, you're normally when you, oftentimes when you start a consecration, you end on a special feast day. Right, right. When I, when I was inspired yesterday to do it, I looked and said, you know what? <laughs> there, there's no feast day 33 days from now, but you know what? Uh, I'm actually going on vacation and that it, it ends. I'm going to be ending the day before we go on vacation. So, oh, uh, wow. and then of course, June 19th isn't any particular feast day, but sure. it's, you know, well, yeah, I guess, well, why now? Or why, why is this just the timing of? I mean, just the year of St. Joseph. Yeah, but, but right? why? Tomorrow, and uh, is there any... You know what? Uh, that I don't have the backstory yeah, on that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, it's as good of a time as any, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I yeah. guess it's easy to remember, I don't know, May... May 18th or June 19th and then it comes <laughs> I I really I wish I were part of the planning committee I yeah. don't have that inside information All right. but there's I mean it's it's a great way to really engage the 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 younger catholic culture I guess so the event is again journey with joseph it's where you can experience beauty embrace truth and engage the culture and there's going to be some artistic exhibits featured um with with like artistic pieces from uh people in all states of life because St. Joseph is a holy man who represented all states of life um an art exhibit featuring pieces from um, Catholic priests, consecrated women, monks, married people, single people. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, just so many moving parts to the big yeah, celebration on yeah. June 19th that it's it's definitely something worth checking out because I don't think they've ever done anything like this before. So, um, and thank you very much uh, again for coming in and doing and talking about Absolutely. this. Uh, Rowena Ignacio, uh, popplano.org slash St. Joseph. And starts tomorrow. You know, and since it's not like a, somewhere you go, it's all, you know, like in your inbox, yes. you know, everybody can sign up, but they need to sign up or they, they should sign up, right. uh, which I'm going to do right when the show ends today Great. and get these videos. Uh, do you know what day yours is going to hit? Yes, they've told me, but I'm a forgetful mom. I, I cannot keep those details. <laughs> it's not tomorrow, though, right? I don't uh, think it's tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, thanks so much. You want to hang out a little bit? Or? Absolutely. Okay. Would that be okay, Dave? Uh, of course. Of course. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, coming up, very exciting. We've got, and I saw him, he arrived. Trent Horn is in uh, in the house, so to speak. And we're going to talk to uh, Catholic Answers apologist Trent Horn here in studio He's now a Texan, and uh, we got the rest of the hour uh, with Trent. So uh, break now, and we'll be right back with him after this. The Vocation Discernment Weekend helps single Catholic men and women ages 18 to 40 find answers to questions they may have about life as a priest, sister, brother, or consecrated laywoman. The next weekend takes place from June 11 through June 13 at the University of Dallas in Irving. The weekend includes presentations, panel discussions, and one-on-one personal conferences with diocesan and order priests, sisters, consecrated laywomen, brothers. For more information and to apply for the weekend, visit vapinfo.org. Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. 
Can Catholic dogmas go extinct or change? No, but renegades claim otherwise. Christopher Malloy's Against Recent Heresies offers a roadmap for today's confused Catholics. It presents clear teaching on hell, justification, the true religion, marriage, and sodomy. It shows that recent teachings don't overturn doctrine, but offer gentle beginnings for difficult conversations. We complete these conversations with the whole truth. Sophia Press will release Against Recent Heresies soon. This is Tony Beshera. My wife Chris and I own Babbage and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babbage and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999 or you can find us on the web at Babich, B-A-B-I-C-H, dot com. St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church in Plano has teamed up with the Catholic Charities Dallas Mobile Food Bank to offer food for those in need. Items being distributed include perishable food items from the North Texas Food Bank, such as fruit, vegetables, and other food items. The next visit is on Saturday, June 5th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at the Smith Pastoral Center parking lot at the parish. Food recipients will remain in their cars, and their food will be placed in their trunks. Hello, my name is Brad Grimes with the Grimes Insurance Group, and I'm a proud sponsor of 910 AM. My wife and I are parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi in Frisco with our four sons. I would like you to consider Grimes Insurance Group for your personal insurance needs. We are an independent agency working with multiple carriers. I invite you to call today for a no-obligation review of your insurance needs. We can be reached at 214-494-8800. That's 214-494-8800. Thank you. All right, we are back. This is the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad you are listening. It's 33 minutes after the hour, and as promised, we have a real-life Catholic apologist in studio with us. Uh, Trent Horn is here. We've been anticipating his visit for quite some time, so uh, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Good to see you, real-life Catholic apologist, not in an exhibit here <laughs> live roaming in not, the Guadalupe Radio studio. Not a wax figure, uh, so... All right, so you're in, uh, I got a lot of stuff I wanted to ask you about, but uh, no particular order, but uh, you're in Texas now. You're, you're actually here. Um, I, I am a Texan uh, for about, well, we, we moved back in December, so it's coming up on about six months now. I'm practicing my howdies and y'alls, and <laughs> it, is, it has been great. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Are you a native Californian, or where are you from? Yeah, so I was born in San Diego, California. I lived there until I was about 10 years old. Then my mom... Chased her job around the country. I went to high school and college in Arizona. Okay. That's where I became Catholic. I went Tempe to a, or uh, ASU? Uh, or? Well, I, I went to Arizona State for college, you know. So I, I went there. I, I, I went to a parish, St. Teresa Parish, uh, where now actually the pastor of that parish was the older college student who had sponsored me coming into the Catholic faith. Oh, really? His Interesting. Fa- his name is Father John Parks. He was. Uh, uh, Vicar of Evangelization, I think, for the Diocese of Phoenix. Now he's the the pastor of the parish where I became Catholic about yeah. I don't know twenty years ago. So yeah. that's that's where I grew up, and then I went back 
to California back in 2012 when Catholic Answers decided to bring me on board. Okay. So you went out there for that job? Yeah, I did. I was actually leading a group of students on a uh, – I, I took them to a marriage conference that was uh, sponsored by the Ruth Institute. This was back when there was people were still debating so-called same-sex marriage. Yeah. So this would have been in – yeah, it would have been in early, summer of 2012. So I took them, and then I got a call from a friend saying, hey, Catholic Answers is looking to hire new apologists. A friend had an inside mm-hmm. source that told me about it. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm here in San Diego. So I went into the office, and I took everyone on a tour. And then I went into Tim Staples' office, who was director of apologetics at that time, and said, hey, a little birdie told me you guys might hire new apologists. Here's my, my resume. Here's some stuff I've done. And just prayed, and they, they liked it. And then yeah. they, they brought me on board, and... So my wife and I got got married in 2013, and then we were in San Diego. We thought we'd live there forever, but COVID and lockdowns and just a lot of other stuff showed us that maybe we should uh, look for greener pastures mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. Um, Chris Chack, the president of Catholic Answers, his parents go to my parish here locally, uh, Paul and Diane Chack, and so I sometimes will speak to them afterwards. And I know there was a time, I guess it was uh, maybe in the last year or so, that there was talk of either Catholic Answers coming here all together or setting up an office here in North Texas. And then when we found out that you were coming, is are you the only one that moved to Texas, or uh, I, are there others? I am the only one. I I told Chris I was I had had it with with California. Yeah. I love my coworkers at Catholic Answers. And there's a lot about California that I do like, you know, but honestly, the things that I mean, I like the the Catholic people there that I knew. Um, You can't go wrong with the beach. We had passes at Disneyland to take the kids. So a lot of perks. But the cost just became too much. I I remember, actually, I like the the lockdown rules there were just absolutely absurd. Mm -hmm. And then especially now when you compare it to the rest of the country, like you compare California's covid death rates to Florida. Like, Florida is just barely behind California. They're yeah. almost equal, which is stunning because Florida is filled with elderly people. Yeah. The, the right. pri- you, that is the state you would expect there to be a bloodbath. And spring breakers and all kinds of crazy stuff. But it didn't yeah. happen because yeah. people used common sense there. Whereas when I was in California, uh, people were getting arrested for sitting in their car watching the sunset. Mm-hmm. Sitting in their car. Yeah. They were getting tickets. Uh, I took my kids to a playground. The playgrounds were all closed. For no reason, because kids are not in danger of this yeah. any more than the seasonal flu. It's the same thing. Uh, one, even once we knew this was not spread by contaminants on surfaces, didn't matter. They just forgotten. They closed the playgrounds because mm-hmm. they don't care. They forgot. And I took my kids and I broke them in. And uh, two police officers came. Somebody yeah. ratted us out. And I wrote a book on can a Catholic be a socialist. I remember when I wrote that book, uh, I was researching about the secret police in East Germany, the Stasi. And the Stasi, to maintain the the Soviet control over East Germany, they had a network of informants who worked Mm. for them. So if you went to a dinner party in East Germany during the Cold War, one – if you went to a dinner party, one out of ten people there worked formally or informally with Stasi. Mm. They they had informants everywhere. So you never knew who you could trust. That's right. I was like, oh, I can't believe this happened. You know, it happened to people. And then here I am in in California. I'm getting – the police are coming and getting my – me and my kids. They were actually really – good and upstanding about it because there were 3000 people downtown protesting saying cops are pigs. Yeah. This was during the, the, the race riots and stuff over the summer. And I said, why, why can't my kid plan a playground by himself? And there's 3000 people downtown yeah. rioting. And he said, I have no idea, sir. You have, you do, you have a good day. 
So it's just, <laughs> but now, I mean, what's crazy is now suddenly everything's totally reversed there. Yeah. Uh, so I remember when Governor Abbott here took down the mask mandate, like Governor Abbott's going to kill all of Texas. Yeah. And our case numbers, our, our case numbers went down. Yeah. And, and you'd never hear about that. Right. And now, uh, you know, the, the, the CDC, which I don't know why people are listening to them. Frankly, we didn't mm-hmm. listen to them before. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry if my, my ranting gets you pulled from the air. We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I think we're still on. <laughs> right. But, but <laughs> no, no, no I, I agree with no, what you're saying. I, I, and, yeah. and the problem is in California, they just didn't, they didn't trust you. And then there's just cost of living. Like you pay an extra dollar for gas here. When I got yeah. here, I was like, this is how much gas costs. Yeah. And then just so many, like when I, when I took my kids to the playground here, but then there are more playgrounds here, which yeah. is ironic in California, you think there's going to be, uh, a lot of outdoor amenities, and there are, but not as much because land is so expensive. You can't build a playground mm-hmm. on yeah. land that's worth so much. Right, right. Whereas here, it's awesome. Yeah. And so I take my kids to the playground. They're playing with other kids, and the little five-year-old boys are all playing together, teasing. Maybe Tommy should marry Billy, and they're like, "Boys can't marry boys." I'm like, "Can't say that in California." <laughs> right. So right, it's yeah, it's been a yeah. it's been a treat. I love the people in California that I've left behind. We'll see if other Catholic Answers staff. Eventually relocates here. There's there's still talk of a satellite office. It's a bit in a holding pattern right now. But for now, for us, it was um it, it was a good decision. Yeah. Uh, you know. So. What's your parish? I go to Saint Basil the Great in Irving. Oh, I, you do? Okay. I've okay. been yeah. I've been going to a Byzantine Catholic parish with my family for about two years now. We were yeah. going to Holy Angels in um in San Diego, and we were just we were looking for reverence, and I had been to. Certain par- parishes, the New Mass, Novus Ordo, trying to find the most reverent ones. But even there, there'd be stuff. I was like, oh, I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. Uh, I love the Latin Mass. I have great, great respect for it. It just doesn't speak to me as spiritually as other things. So we looked for, mm-hmm. in the Eastern churches. And Byzantine, I just I just felt home. Uh, it's a wonderful liturgy. Uh, comes from Constantinople in the early Middle Ages. If you go to it, it feels like it's one continuous sung prayer. Yeah, very beautiful. But so, if anyone's ever here, stop by St. Basil the Great, ten a.m. on Sundays, right here in Irving. It's uh, it, it's a real treat. And you got a great pastor too, Father Christopher Andrews. He's a frequent uh, visitor up here at the office. I've gotten to know him very well. He's a great guy, uh, interesting guy. He's New Zealand. Yeah, not the I know you know this, he's but maybe Kiwi. our listener. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, Kiwi. he's from New, New, Zealand. New Zealand. He's a uh, He's a, uh, let's see, a Benedictine priest who's doing, he's bi-ritual, He's bi-ritual, right? so he yeah. can celebrate the Latin Mass, but he decided to be installed full-time to be the pastor at um, St. Basil the Great because he just found a lot of a lot of joy along with the antiquity in the tradition. And, and, yeah. then, and it just shows, you know, there's unity and diversity, Catholic meaning universal, so many ways to celebrate the faith, and this is one that... Yeah, it just really, it really spoke to us. What's funny is when I share that, when I invite other people, it's so funny. I always have the luck where I invite people, like when we do a baptism, so the liturgy ends up being like two and a half hours long. <laughs> it's longer, but it doesn't feel yeah. as long because yeah. it's just that that continuous prayer. You have it's interesting. You have that full active conscious participation. Sacrosanctum Concilium talks about in mm-hmm. Second Vatican Council. So it, yeah, it's just been wonderful for my kids. We stand the whole time. Yeah, no pews. Oh right, pews. Okay. Protestants invented pews. Is that right? Yeah. So the use. Of, so it was invented in the in the uh, late middle late, you know, in the 16th century to accommodate the long sermons that made up Protestant yeah. services. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How do you um, getting back to being an apologist? Yeah. Uh, it must be kind of the coolest thing to to make a living 
being an apologist. I mean, a lot, a lot of us, I mean, I think I know my faith pretty well, but I don't consider myself an apologist. And so it's like, a, you know, it's really a pretty small group of people in the country or the world, I guess, for that matter, that are actually professional apologists. I mean, yeah. uh, that must be a, a, an interesting life. I mean, but you got to keep reading and, you know, yeah. I mean, how, how do you... In order to, yeah. to in order to be at the level where you are where you can do apologetics full time, yeah. where people are willing to financially compensate you so that yeah. you are freed up to do this full time, you have to you have to reach a maturity where you recognize how much you don't know. Mm-hmm. That's what's hard about it. Like you say you have to keep studying. Uh, with a lot of people, it's like when you start in something. There's something called the Dunning Kruger effect where people who are inexperienced in a subject overrate their competency mm-hmm. and people who are experts tend to underrate their competency. Yeah. So the people who barely dabble in it think they're experts and they'll get into trouble. But to do this full time, you ha- you understand it's it's a wide field out there. And I, I feel very blessed that people have uh, donated and supported us at trendhornpodcast.com and at Catholic Answers because there is a need. There is such a need out there to provide these answers. And I've tried, especially as an apologist, to focus on those areas that other Catholic apologists haven't. Mm-hmm. So like my very first book yeah. was a, fu- a full-length comprehensive book on atheism. I wrote a book. Uh, I think really it's the only comprehensive book on Bible difficulties from a Catholic perspective, hard sayings. Yeah. So it's been great, but I will tell you this. Sometimes I feel like uh, when Jesus said the harvest is plenty, he, Jesus was sad. He sees the people. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And he says the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Ask the master to send laborers to the harvest. And so what I feel as an apologist is is like, man, I wish there were so many more apologists so I would feel like people don't need me as much. Mm-hmm. That's what I don't like. Like, yeah. I don't want to be in this for the limelight and, and the attention. I want to help and serve others, but I, I just can't do it myself. There's just so much error and so many, th- so many people coming at the church. And I will be frank with you. If I can rant a little. Oh, please. Uh, go right ahead. Yeah. That, that there are You're making some... my job easier because I don't have to say much. No, this is good. No, I mean, people want to hear what you have to say. There, so, yeah, by all means. This is my, my gripe recently when it comes to this, is that there are some very intelligent Catholic minds who are commenters. People tune into them all the time who are very intelligent. They know theology. They know apologetics. But they've turned their guns towards the inadequacies in the church. And that's what they focus on all the time because it's the most salacious. And that's not helpful when we still have the atheists, Protestant apologists, those who are dissenting from the moral teachings of the church, so many people launching arguments and more sophisticated arguments now than they did 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. Some people say, oh, Augustine and Borromeo refuted all that. Well, these people got stuff that, that we have to address. And every generation needs to hear it anew. And when some people focus just on the, the, the church's dirty laundry and commenting on it, it makes me sad when I could really use their help. Uh, like I enjoy, for example, going out and debating non-Catholics. Mm-hmm. I do it on Matt Frad's channel, Pints with Aquinas, frequently. But there's not a lot of Catholics who do that. Yeah. I'd love to see more. That's why at Catholic Answers, we started a program called the School of Apologetics. So it's just at schoolofapologetics.com, and we've started that. And you can go and take uh, recorded courses with Jimmy Aiken, with myself. But I, now where I'm feeling it, I want to feel like more of a multiplier mm-hmm. and help people – we should all be apologists in the minimal sense to give basic reasons for what we believe, 
But there are people who are called to do even more than that on a on a volunteer, part time, and maybe even a full time basis. Mm-hmm. I remember when I I've been I'm a cradle Catholic and I've been Catholic my whole life. But it was the late '90s that I kind of reverted to the Catholic faith, and it was so exciting. It was the age of Scott Hall. You and everybody and, else. Yeah, I mean, there's something about that time. You know, Carl Keating, of course, the founder of Catholic Answers. His uh, book Catholicism and Fundamentalism was the first book I read coming back, and then you know, so Rome, Sweet Home, and yeah. you know, John Paul II was Pope, and every. Everybody was in this, you know, big group hug, and we all liked being Catholics, and everybody in the world needed to be a Catholic, and really, people, you talk about, you know, turning the the, the guns inward. It wasn't a whole lot of that there, going there on. There were something. There were people doing that, but what I think has changed is through social media and the internet <clears throat> and the rise uh, of these kind of communities. There is an insatiable urge for bad news twenty four seven constantly to get that that fix and this rise of this kind of tribalism because there were people in the nineties who were critical of John Paul II of uh, the Assisi statement and, and these kinds of things but it, it was more on the the outside of the discourse not people wanted to have that renaissance of especially being in a culture where Catholics are being siphoned away by Protestant fundamentalist churches and mega mm-hmm. churches. And now we live in a culture where 40, only 47% of people in America go to church. Yeah, It's really has become post-Christian and, and we have to address that stuff. But you're, you're right. It's unfortunate now, and especially here in the Francis pontificate where we're seeing more of this, these factions, I guess, but we all have to understand, look, we're all on the same team. We don't always have to agree with everything the Pope does. You know, people didn't agree with everything Benedict and John Paul did. But we should all stand for the deposit of faith and rally together to defend it when it's challenged by our culture. Yeah. Trent Horn joining us here in studio. Uh, uh, I don't even know if I want to open up the lines. Everybody has so many opportunities to talk to you. I just, yeah, let's, let's just, uh, talk. Do you have any, uh, Rowena and Cecil, you jump in if you want to. I'm kind of, uh, monopolizing this. Let me ask you, because you, you mentioned how your, your approach is a little different than some of the other ones. And it mm-hmm. seems like with the way they've used you or that you like to, to be used, so to speak, as an apologist is, the people who disagree, if you, that's you know, who I want to that's who yeah, I yeah, talk t- to. Tell us about that, because you, you're not a disagreeable guy. You're you're kind of a, a you know laid back. You seem like seem like a pretty. It's not like you're running around trying to find arguments. But how did you kind of fit into that um, that 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 I, square? I have appreciated that when I read online, when I read the criticisms of myself uh, from people who who don't like me, the usually common thread is I don't agree with everything Trenhorn says, but he's a decent guy, a nice guy. Uh, I appreciate that. And if that's a reputation I can have, hey, yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, when I was – after college, I traveled the country with a pro-life organization doing pro-life apologetics on campus. And it was very Socratic in nature. I would just talk to students about why they're a pro-choice. And we had these big abortion exhibits behind us to get the conversation going. And so I would do that. And then the conversations would steer into morality, God, faith. You're Catholic. I used to be Catholic. And I got kind of my uh, trial by fire doing that in the universities for several years. And then when Catholic Answers brought me on, I said, you know, I want to do radio, but I don't want to just – to be frank, I, I mean, I love doing Catholic Answers Live and I love doing radio. I am My expertise is not in what color is the candle supposed to be above the tabernacle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how Catholic radio yeah. has been for, for a while. And there's people who know that stuff inside and out, you know, Jimmy Akin's The Walking Encyclopedia. Yeah. And I know a lot of that stuff, but but it's not my forte. Uh, I think it's red. 
but somebody can call somebody can call and correct me if I'm if I'm wrong about that. Okay. Uh, so, but what I like doing is I've wanted to model for people because I think, like you said, like the '90s, the Renaissance in politics yeah. is like, oh wow, I've got all these answers now I didn't have before, which mm-hmm. is good. But I'm concerned that bred a generation of people who thought that apologetics is just me giving you the answer to your question. And I've tried to teach people, you don't need the right answers. You just need the right questions Mm -hmm. to ask someone, what do you think? And why do you think that? So when somebody says, for example, you know, I don't, I don't, there's, you know, I don't believe in God. The whole thing is, is dumb. It's not dumb. Haven't you ever read St. Thomas Aquinas? He says this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. Well, first you shouldn't be belligerent. Second, a lot of people aren't wired to just reproduce the summa theologia. You could say, okay, well, you said believing in God is dumb. Why, why do you think that? Oh, because there's no good reasons to believe in God. Well, how do you know that? Like, help me out. Like, what's a, what's a reason, like a good reason out there, like the best of the best, best of the worst for you, mm-hmm. and what's wrong with it? And notice, in a simple way, I've turned the conversation around. Well, as the, the Protestant apologist Greg Kokel says, when you ask questions, takes you out of the hot seat, puts you in the driver's seat. Yeah. Because now in that conversation— I'm not in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Same thing happens with, with abortion or, or you know, he says, where's purgatory in the Bible? Well, you know, 1 Corinthians 3.15 says, yeah. instead, well, can I ask you a question? Uh, it seems like you're assuming in order for a Christian to believe something, it's got to be in the Bible. Why should I believe that? Like, where, where, why, why should I believe that? You know, where does the Bible say that? And before you can share the good news with someone you have to get them to recognize the bad news that their current worldview has a flaw in it. Mm-hmm. That's the approach I've tried to bring because anybody can start that approach uh, very quickly. In fact, I'm hoping soon, maybe in my next book, I'll probably write down so – there's because there's no book on how to do that. Yeah. yeah. There's one by a Protestant. Greg Kokel wrote a book on that, and he's he's great, but, you know, it's – how to how to do, how to debate and uh, well, how, how master to, the conversation, How to so master to the con- – yeah, how anybody – can defend their faith without knowing anything. Yeah. By just knowing how the artful use of questions and then how to grow in in your knowledge of the faith. Yeah. So I mean that's what I want to focus on. Though right now I'm I'm wrapping up another book. Uh it's called Conversations. I mean, we don't have a working title yet. It's something like Conversations with My Inner Anti-Catholic. It's a <laughs> it's a uh <laughs> I like that one. Go, a, go with that one. Yeah. It's a it's a dialogue book. Okay. And it's a dialogue between me and the skeptical voice inside of me. Mm-hmm. So the question is, how, how do I, as an apologist, confront my own doubts? So you're kind of having a conversation with yourself. Y- yes. And it'll be in the form of dialogue? It'll be in the fits be my first dialogue book. Peter Kraft is master. Oh, I love those. He's mastered those, so I thought it'd be fun to give it a try. It's like Socrates meets <laughs> you know, Descartes, or Socrates mm-hmm. meets all these. Uh, I've, 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 I've read a lot of those books. So oh, those yeah. Are Let me ask you, you mentioned Thomas Aquinas. That actually is the my 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 great love. I actually teach a class uh, for Homeschool Connections on an intro to the Summa, which I want to mention because I told Walter Crawford I would. He's a member of my parish. Yes. Uh, but anyways, because I know you teach him as well. I do. So Thomas says we can know by natural reason that there's a God, yes. right? Yep. And so I, I've often said that I, I don't I don't understand how anybody could be an atheist because to me it seems so obvious. And of course, that's probably the you know the, Tom, the, the, the Thomas is very clear that it's not self evident, right? Not self evident. Not self evident. He talks about you know you can see Peter coming, but you can't tell who it is. It's just somebody's far away, but you can you can know that there's a guy. You just don't know much about him, right? So well, well, even that he seemed he because he rejected Anselm's argument, the ontological argument mm-hmm. that you could know God exists by reason alone. Yeah, uh, because for Aquinas's reasoning, we don't have direct access to God's nature. 
Yeah. So we only know God through indirect inference. So we have to we have to reason from what we see and around us. Effects, right? Right. Yeah. And so Thomas gives the five ways. Though what's unfortunate about the five ways is not unfortunate. The Summa, as you know, it's it's just. I mean, honestly, the Summa. That's just for beginners. Right? <laughs> so he says. Yeah. That's what he says. Yeah, and then when yeah. we in the 21st century crack it open, we're yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> but beginners in the 13th century would have been seminarians. Uh, would have been uh, mostly upper class and because uh, it's intelligent for, people. Yeah. So the you'll notice the five ways that he gives. They're not. I would say they're not proofs for the existence of God. Yeah. They're more like. Hey, believe we all know believing in God is reasonable because of these things. Because you'll notice at the end of each one, Thomas doesn't say, therefore God exists, mm-hmm. or there this con- in conclusion God exists. He says, you know, there's an unca- unmoved mover, a necessary being, de- designer of the universe, and this everyone knows to be God. Yeah, right, right. So the fact that he says that he's saying, you know, he's jumping over the gaps a lot. He's not trying to offer a full-fledged proof. Because and I think for Thomas in the 13th century, there would have been very few people who would identify as atheists. Yeah. Nowadays, it's easier for people to identify that way because they're used to science filling in gaps in natural knowledge, and they assume that's going to fill in all the gaps. And they they look at Thomas's five proofs and they think, oh, these are easily dispatched. Even though Thomas was not meaning for them to be a comprehensive mm-hmm. yeah. uh, argument. Yeah. So, and that's why I, uh, I think it's important for us to take these arguments and others. And to be able to address other people. In fact, at the School of Apologetics, I have a new course that'll be debuting in, I think, in a few weeks called Evidence for God. Yeah. And that one will cover all the argument, the major arguments for and against God. It's at schoolofapologetics.com. I also, I use that as a springboard for a class I teach at Holy Apostles College. So I teach on the new atheism for my college students. What I do is I have them register for the School of Apologetics and then they get to sit down with me live, and we just chat about mm-hmm. it yeah. afterwards. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned homeschool connections. You also are <laughs> teaching some classes. I think in the beginning in the fall, you've done it yes. already. But the the fall, and you you have a is it trenthornclasses.com? Is that your website? Yeah. So I, I teach a bunch of different classes. Uh, so I teach for homeschool connections, holy apostles, our school of apologetics. I've put all of the classes. I'm actually going to do a pro life seminar June fifteenth, a live one for okay. a limited number of people to sign up for to have a live webinar with me. I put all of that at trenthornclasses.com. Okay. Go to trenthornclasses.com. You can scroll through, find one that works for you. I have these courses at Homeschool Connections starting in the fall. I'm going to have a three-semester series. So starting next fall, then spring, then the following fall, there will be a three-part series. One of them will be Catechism 123. Uh, 25 students, max to enroll. If they do next fall, spring, and the following fall, they'll go through the whole catechism. Mm. And then I will have New Testament 1, 2, 3. Oh, okay. So if they enroll, so once again, 25 student cap, uh, fall, spring, and the following fall. In three semesters, they'll go. I will take them through the entire New Testament. Yeah, and there are, there are sponsors on our station as well. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, like I said, uh, Walter is a member of my parish. And so, uh, Homeschool Connections online, no, homeschoolconnections.com, yes. I think. Yeah. Uh, and so, great. And of course, I teach uh, the, the entire Summa Theologia over two semesters, and I got to talk really fast. Oh, I can. Yeah. I, I would not want to be in your I shoes. I got a 2,000, <laughs> 2000 slide PowerPoint presentation. No. Of, the, of course, I, I, you know, it has 3,000 articles in the Summa, and I, I don't 
don't know how many I cover, but it's it's a, it's a it's a, the ones that I find most important. Uh, really fun talking with you, Trent. Let me ask you well, a lighthearted question: When you're not doing apologetics, what are your hobbies? Uh, what what do you what do you do? Do you like you know collecting coins or uh, uh, cooking or what do you, what do you do? My hobbies: Well, I have a six year old, a four year old, <laughs> and an eight month old who is refusing to learn how to crawl. You would prefer to be you would prefer to be carried. So my hobbies are just keeping the sanity in my home. Though what's funny is that my wife uh, said, you should, you should get a hobby. But it's like, well, I don't want to leave you uh, saddled with the kids unnecessarily. So it's like trying to juggle that. What I have done at night recently, what I started doing is I started this a few years ago. And I haven't, uh, I abandoned it. Now I've returned to it, uh, working on a fiction book. Oh, is that right? So okay. write, I, I love writing, right? That's is, what Peter, Peter Crave did. Is he wrote, uh, he's, I mean, he's written all kinds of different books, but I think he won the Ocean Full of Angels or something. Was that, I think, a fiction book? Was oh, it? okay. I didn't, I didn't yeah, read Crave's I fiction. He, I will check that out. Yeah. But yeah. no, so I'm working on a kind of a dystopian thriller and I'm just, having fun trying to write what's ironic is I don't read very much fiction. Mm. So what I have had some people read it and they have been honest and say that it's that they, they liked it. And I, I yeah. asked them to be honest because I have read both fiction and nonfiction. That is, that is just terrible. Yeah. And the yeah. first page I can know that it, that it's going to be a stinker. Right. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> so, so I, I've done that, but otherwise my hobbies and interests, I feel like a child in a man's body sometimes i like to go to dave and busters and play video games mm-hmm. um you know i like to listen to the worst music in the world phil collins peter satara <laughs> Cet- <laughs> people think like people think that you know i write these books and i have all these footnotes and cultural references and like oh you must listen to this this kind of uh, you know highfalutin kind of music know all this stuff about jazz or classical music it's like no, I, I think all the all day long for work 